Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. On today's episode, I interview Maria Sansone, an Emmy award-winning television host and mom about her new cookbook called Oh Bleep, What's for Dinner? We talk about the demands of motherhood, the therapeutic benefits of cooking, especially with your children, and recipes that are quick, easy, delicious, and kid-approved so that you can reboot them all week long to make your life just a little bit easier in the kitchen. So anyway, I'm in there one day and I think, you know what, what if... What if I just went on Facebook Live and cooked whatever I'm making tonight with the gang, you know, see who tunes in? And sure enough, there was hundreds of people tuning in to see what I was making. And as time went on, I decided to continue doing this weekly. So I started feeling out my audience. I mean, it's so nice to have, I mean, you have a direct connection to your viewers and to your followers. So I would say to them, do you want me to make this? Or do you want me to make that? And every single week, they wanted me to make this super simple recipe. In the beginning, I thought, don't you want me to show you how to make something a little more adventurous? Like, everybody knows how to throw together a five-ingredient chili. I mean, most of the ingredients are in a can. It's so simple. (laughs) Well, they had to basically bang me over the head with it. This is what people wanted. They wanted quick easy, no fuss dinners because dinner is a really sticky time for people. It can be a really stressful time. Hi, and welcome to the Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. Each episode focuses on a variety of relatable topics, including parenting, family, children, relationships, mental health, and pop culture. Hear from a variety of medical professionals, psychological experts, authors, celebrities, and other parents with inspiring stories. You'll feel like you're in the same room with your friends getting all of your questions answered. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll learn, and you'll have fun. Maria, thank you so much for being here today on the podcast. It is my pleasure to chat with you. Yes, me too. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while because I love following you on uh, social media and just love, um, you know, the ins and outs of learning about you and your family and you're a mom of two. Will you tell us the ages of your kids again? Uh, So my son, Benny, is in kindergarten. He's five. So he's a young, he's a young one for kindergarten. Um, Still the baby. And my daughter is uh, third grade. She's nine. Grace. Okay, so we have the kids. Okay, that's why I was asking because we have kids the literally the exact same age. So I have a third grader and I have a kindergartner. So, um, oh my god, that's really it's a fun. They're fun ages, right? I mean, it's I, it's fun. I, I think, think it's fun. I think so, and it's like we're starting to turn a corner too at this age with the young one being in kindergarten, where 
I feel like all of a sudden we're able to travel a little easier. We're able to do things we couldn't do as a family. Um, just this past weekend, we got bikes out and we talked about a family bike ride. We didn't actually do it, but we talked about it. And I'm like, <laughs> That's half the battle. That's maybe half next the- week we'll do it. The intention is good. I had a flat tire, but we were going to do it. Um <laughs> No, but these things that we couldn't do when Benny was four and now being five, things are just looking a little different. And although it's sad to kind of say goodbye to really that sort of baby phase, it is nice to explore these new opportunities that we have as a family that we can do stuff that's, you know, a little more grown up. Exactly. I, I completely relate to you because what, sometimes when I see moms with new babies and I think, oh, I, I love babies. I love the zero to five age really is my favorite. And that's who I work with too. Therapeutically, all my clients are in that age group. So I'm around toddlers and preschoolers and even kindergartners, you know, all day, every day. And I absolutely love it. But like you said, I, I love that phase. But then I also do love this new phase that we're getting into where we can, you know, not have to bring the stroller and the car seat when we travel. Right. We can- right. Things just are different, maybe easier in some ways. I don't know if that's even, you know, accurate, but it is a new phase that we can do things that we couldn't do when the kids were younger. Absolutely. Zero to five is the highs are so high and they're so cute, right? But the lows are low and they are, you know, the diapers and the tantrums and the sleepless nights and all of those things. I don't miss that part. Exactly. um, but yeah, each each new phase comes with its, with its own set of challenges. And like my friends say that have kids that are older, which I'm sure you've heard, big kids, big problems, little kids, little problems. So they so, said, enjoy these problems that you have now because it's, it's you're you're about to get into all types of crazy. Right, right. And we are busier now. You know, now my son's in swimming. He's going to take golf lessons soon. My daughter's in dance and she, you know, every day of the week we have something and now, you know, they have more homework to do. And so like you said, there's definitely new and different challenges. And then things, I don't know about you, but my daughter, the one who's in third grade, she, you know, comes home sometimes and we're having conversations about things that happen at school with her friends or even questions about puberty and all these things that are coming up now. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, you're only in third grade. I don't remember going through this that young. Yeah. And I knew they were those conversations were coming. But have you kind of noticed that too with your with your older one of just things I that you haven't expected happen yet? And I I don't know if it's coming sooner or if we just have a more open line of communication, which I'm actually really proud of. I know growing up there were conversations I maybe were thinking in my head that I didn't share with my parents because it just didn't feel appropriate. Right. But I've always created an environment where I'm like, yeah, we can talk about whatever. So different things are coming up and they always come up too. It's the tough conversations that come up while you're like in the middle of 152 things (laughs) when they ask you like, Wait, what's a period? And I'm like, oh, okay. Whoa, wasn't didn't see that one coming. Um, hold right. on. And then I always over-explain. So I taught myself, and maybe your listeners can relate to this. I taught myself to take a beat when I get asked a big question from one of my children. I take a beat and I try to meet them where they are. I try to figure out where they actually are with it. And it turns out it's usually a lot more innocent. They usually have a lot less information than I think. So I kind of just try to buy a little time by asking them a few questions and then providing information that meets them where they're at. Because I've over-explained one too many times and I realized, oh gosh, I can't undo that. I can't. I can't untoast the toast now that I've explained where babies come from. 
right. Yeah, that's a one and done. Once you hear the story, you can't go back. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. No, I agree. But the attitude's starting a little bit more too, which I didn't think the tween age was going to start even quite yet. So it's yeah. not even just the conversations. It's it's some of the hormonal stuff that's already coming and some of the attitude and the arguing with friends or even arguing and talking back with parents, which she was mm. super easy as a toddler. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're almost a teenager now. Thank you. Okay. You're in third grade. But yes. you know those things are happening too, which is just very interesting. Like you said, new phases, new issues, new challenges for us parents, us moms, right? Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of those strong personality traits that I have reflecting right back at me. Oh, sure. I can relate. I'm like, oh, you want to play this game? I invented this game, Grace. Yeah, totally. I've been there. I've done (laughs) this. Okay. But she, oh my gosh, yeah. She is so bright and uh, she's going to outsmart me. I mean, she already does. And when it comes to She's begging for phones and at least let me have um, text on my watch and all this stuff. And I'm just trying to hold it off as long as possible. I'm trying to hold on to childhood. And I explained to her, these devices are meant to be addictive. And and she's like, well, you're on your phone all the time. I said, I I don't want to be. I don't want to be. I'll be the first one to admit that I'm addicted to an advice, a, a device that's meant to be addictive, these social platforms and all of that. Um, I don't want you to have to do that. That's the rest of your life. I just want you to enjoy and savor the moment because it gets very hard when you have things pinging and dinging and all of that stuff, especially when you're a small child whose brain isn't totally developed. Our brains are totally developed and we're a yeah. victim to it. Yes. Sucked oh, in. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same, you know, working on my phone most of the time or working on my computer, you know, I, sometimes I, I second guess <laughs> what career path I chose. You know, well, originally, I don't know if you know this, originally, I actually went to grad school. My first master's is in TV broadcasting. Um, I went to Syracuse and I went to New School, yes. And my aspirations was to be an on-air anchor, on-air reporter, and I loved being in front of the camera and I did you know, dabbled in it for a little while with some internships and a couple jobs up in LA when I lived up there. And then my path kind of changed a little bit. I, you know, was still in the entertainment industry and switched jobs um, to make a little more money and, you know, have something a little more consistent. And then all of a sudden I just had this passion for psychology and then all of a sudden went back to grad school, you know, got my doctorate and the rest is history. Um, But I do love social media and the fact that I can, you know, do video content, or I can interview someone like yourself on a podcast or even create a YouTube show or, you know, I still show up on local, you know, television. I'm, I'm on CBS and Fox and, you know, in San Diego occasionally. And it's really nice to dabble in that and have yeah. that too, because I just have so many passions and one of them is to write a book. So I want to hear about yours because that's yeah. really why we're here well, today. And I think that's, I'm glad to hear all that because we are, we don't have to be one thing. Yeah. And I think that that was sort of a traditional trajectory that a lot of people were on at, you know, when we were in college, it was, well, what do you want to be? I want to be a broadcaster. Okay. Then you're a broadcaster. And I was a broadcaster. I am a broadcaster. I, that's like in my blood. I've been doing that since I was 11 years old. And I kind of thought, well, this is, this is a cool job and this is my destiny. This is it. This is what I do. And then like you, I realized I have so many different passions and hobbies and, and things that I'm interested in. And what if I turned one of those passions into another career path or at least explored it? And that's kind of what happened with the food space for me. And 
at first, you know, I think like a lot of people, you have um, that little voice in your head that is like, well, you already have a job. Like, what, what, what is this? What is this new thing? Everybody's doing a million different things. Just stick to your, stick to your path. And I thought, no, I just want to see what happens here. And it, it really paid off. And it's been so rewarding to um, explore this brand new world, which I, you know, food was just for something for fun for me. And then to dive into publishing a cookbook, a space that I I had no idea. I had I did not know the first thing about writing a cookbook, but you take it step by step. You put one foot in front of the other each day. And it's a long process. So it was over the course of three years that this whole thing came together, probably longer if you really think about how it all evolved. Um, but it's amazing and it feels so good. Like I'm so proud to have something finished, you know, like something tangible. Working in broadcasting, especially working in live TV, you don't really have anything to take home with you at the end of the day. So you can go and have a killer show, you know, and you're like, oh my God, I knocked it out of the park and they were laughing or this was great or I nailed that. And then it's gone off into the ether. (laughs) Same thing goes when you have a crappy show too. Um, (laughs) You know, it's like, it's over and we do it again tomorrow. And then we do it again tomorrow. But I feel like I don't really have a body of work then, you know, it's, it's so nice to have written something that I feel like, you know, is so authentic to who I am and, and something that really I think will be a legacy for my kids. And they were such a big part of it too. And they feel so connected to it. So it just feels like such an accomplishment, especially because I've had a lot of, I, I'm a creative person. So I've had a lot of ideas over the years, right? And some bubble and some actually flower into something. And it's nice to see something that was like, that started as just a little something bloom into an actual finished product. <laughs> I love it. Well, I can't wait to read it. So you, so what we're talking about right now, for those of you who don't know yet, um, that Maria has a book coming out. And uh, so should I say, oh, sh- or oh, <laughs> the real word? <laughs> you Whatever you to- are comfortable with. <laughs> But basically, you could say, oh, bleep. You could say, oh, shh. You could say the whole word. I mean, it's your it's your podcast. People, people so. are intrigued right now. They're like, what are they talking about? I need this book. So, oh, bleep. What's for dinner? Um, it is the no fuss weeknight recipes you'll swear by, which this is what I mean, it looks like. <laughs> very catchy title. I love it. I mean, really, if I saw that on the shelf, which I mean, I, I saw it, I knew you were doing this project and that's why I reached out to you to share it on this platform. But if I was just in Barnes and Noble or maybe searching on Amazon, you know, I, I love this because as a mom, I want to have a no fuss meal. I want something quick and easy and maybe even fun to make, and also something my kids will eat, or at least, yes. you know, half half of it should be something. Or at like. least pretend to eat, yeah, <laughs> and then eat a piece of bread and butter. <laughs> Take one bite, please. Um, so, you know, obviously you were saying you were creative, and, you know, you kind of fell into the space, you know, you, I'm sure you love cooking and whatnot, but what really inspired you or motivated you to write this book? And just share a little bit about, you know, what it's about and, you know, what kind of recipes are really in there? Sure. So it's really a couple of different things that brought me to this finished book that I have today. So one of the things is for the last, probably since my son was born, um, like I said, I've been on live TV forever. And when my youngest was born, I was not working in television. Um, I had just, you know, 
been cut actually from the show that I was working on in LA and it was really hard and I had two kids now and um, I really missed, I missed connecting with my audience. I missed being on live TV. And one night I'm in the kitchen, I'm cooking, which is really my happy place. I love being in the kitchen. I love creating, you know, quick and easy dinner for my kids. I love um, connecting. It, it makes me feel connected to my grandparents, my family, you know, because I cook a lot of family recipes and being out in LA, I miss them. My grandparents passed away when my I was pregnant with my kids. Um, so just so many things happen for me when I'm in the kitchen. So anyway, I'm in there one day and I think, you know what, what if... What if I just went on Facebook Live and cooked whatever I'm making tonight with the gang, you know, see who tunes in? And sure enough, there was hundreds of people tuning in to see what I was making. And as time went on, I decided to continue doing this weekly. So I started feeling out my audience. I mean, it's so nice to have, I mean, you have a direct connection to your viewers and to your followers. So I would say to them, do you want me to make this? Or do you want me to make that? And every single week, they wanted me to make this super simple recipe. In the beginning, I thought, don't you want me to show you how to make something a little more adventurous? Like, everybody knows how to throw together a five-ingredient chili. I mean, most of the ingredients are in a can. It's so simple. Right. <laughs> right. Well, they had to basically bang me over the head with it. This is what people wanted. They wanted quick easy, no fuss dinners because dinner is a really sticky time for people. It can be a really stressful time. You've likely worked all day or you've been with your kids all day and all of a sudden, oh bleep, yeah. it's five o'clock. I got to feed these people again. Right. And um, so as time went on, I always wanted to, to do some kind of cookbook, but I didn't know what the angle was. I'm like, Hello, we've been doing this after three or four years of cooking live with my audience on Instagram and Facebook. I realized the book had written itself. I had already done years of 30 minute meals because I always wanted to keep the show to 30 minutes. So basically, the meals you could make, I always made start to finish. So they were between 20 and 30 minutes, closer to 20 because I'd be yapping. Um, <laughs> so I had this whole Rolodex of things that I had already cooked with my audience. Um, so when the pandemic happened, I thought, you know, people react to stress in a whole bunch of different ways. But for me, I realized I needed to stay busy. And I work in television here in Boston. Um, and when the pandemic happened, of course, they were like, don't come in. You know, we'll work from home. So I was continuing to do TV from home, which was you know, a lot. But in my spare time, I was just trying to keep busy. And I thought, now's the time, I think, to write that proposal. Yeah. So, and this is hard. It is hard to just sit down and put your thoughts together. And like, for me, that was difficult. But I sat down and I put together a 16-page proposal and just banged it out. And I realized once I put pen to paper, the, it was all there. It was all there. And the concept was there because my viewers had helped me. This is what yes. they needed was these these quick and easy weeknight dinners. Nothing fussy just some really good food that we can put together and feel good about and feel confident about. And and that's the other part too. When I started talking to friends, um, we're all in our 40s and most of them have between two, three, four kids. And I was shocked how many of my girlfriends don't feel confident that they can put a good meal on the table. 
And I wanted to be some part of changing that to make the kitchen everybody's happy place, not just mine, and take a little bit of the stress away from mealtime and and bring some joy back to that. And it really can be done. It, It just requires a little bit of planning, a little bit of prep, and realizing that perfect is the enemy of the good. It doesn't have to be perfect. We just have to get some food on the table. It has to be delicious and we can do this. We can do this. (laughs) I promise you. I promise. It's like not that big of a deal. Right, right. And so we're going to take a quick break and then I want to come back. I want to hear some of your favorite recipes and some of your kids' favorite recipes because I feel like as a mom, it's hard to make something that I know I'm going to like and that my kids are also going to eat. So we'll talk about that as we come back. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. Okay. So I'd love to hear some of your favorite recipes that you've written for your new cookbook. Um, and also some recipes that you've made that your kids enjoy too, because I, sometimes my kids won't like the same things I like. And I think, oh, I just made this, you know, elaborate, like you said, a chili or something. And then they'll pick out like, oh, I see an onion in there. I see a tomato in there and then they don't want to eat it. And I'm thinking, I just, even if I just put everything in a crock pot for, you know, it took me 10 minutes to prep. Yeah. I still feel like it took a lot of effort to buy the groceries yeah. and, you know, all the yeah. things. So give and me all nothing, your time. Yeah. There's nothing more disappointing than when you've, when you've put your blood, sweat, and tears into something and then <laughs> right. the family doesn't want to eat it. I mean, that are, those are conditions for a breakdown. <laughs> we don't, right. we don't exactly. want that. We don't want that. We want to keep your life simple. Um, so my kids, First of all, we're such a big help in writing this book. It was a family affair. And a lot of times I'd be cooking and testing and my daughter would have the laptop out and she would be taking notes. And so one of my tips, I know not all of your viewers and listeners are writing a cookbook, but getting your kids involved in the process, I promise you, helps them be interested in the eating of it. So whether that be bringing them to the grocery store and letting them touch some of the produce, you know, get involved in the ingredients of it all, and then letting them help out in the kitchen. And I know it's a tough time and I know it's everyone's hungry and ornery. But honestly, if you can throw them a dough ball, if you can let them, you know, depending on how old they are, let them start learning how to chop or just, you know, handle some of the things, it does make them feel a part of it. And it helps. It definitely helps. Um, So some of my kids' favorites, you asked. So chili, it always comes back to chili. Chili, um, they love love it. It's easy. Mine is, I call it embarrassingly easy chili. In the book, okay, I like it's that. Truly, it's literally five ingredients, and I think one of them is chili powder, so it doesn't even. Count. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is like pantry staples in my house. I have made my embarrassingly easy chili about a thousand times. So, <laughs> and you can do it so many different ways. We can do it with turkey. You know, you could do it with ground beef. I've done vegetarian version of it. So, 
that's a no brainer. Then you can have fun with it. You could throw it on top of a hot dog and you could have chili dogs for the kids. Um, I've done it on top of nachos. I've done it in lettuce wraps. So I love to reinvent something too. I love to make something. Yeah. Like make something on a Monday. If you're going to take the time and, you know, let the chili simmer and all that stuff you got, because that chili and things like that are better the next day in my opinion and the next day. So make something like that on a Sunday or a Monday and then reboot it on Wednesday and throw it on top of a hot dog or lettuce wrap or whatever. So smart. I never thought of that before. It seems so simple, but I never thought of that. I love that. Okay, keep going. This is exciting. Um, So some of the other things, my kids love soups too. So I have a whole bunch of soups in the book. My daughter loves the creamy tomato soup. She said, she said at the time of the writing of the book that this was her favorite recipe in the whole book. So I even put that down in black and white. Now right. she's changed her mind, and it's it's, <laughs> and now it's grandma's goulash, um, right. which is funny because goulash, I thought goulash was one type of thing. Um, my grandma, I'm talking about my maternal grandmother. She was all Italian, so no matter what she made, there was always like a little sneaky Italian spin on it. So I grew up eating what I thought was goulash my whole life, and then I actually went to Budapest, home of. Hungarian goulash, like the real deal goulash. And I thought, right. this is nothing like grandma's. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I wrote the cookbook, I explained, listen, this is a uh, grandma's spin on, this is like grandma's Italian version of goulash. Um, but my kids love that. That is so easy. It's a one pot meal. Boom, boom, boom. Similar to like a chili. Okay. Um, but I made this on Sunday night for the kids and my son, my five-year-old's, is eating it. And he goes, mommy, will you teach me how to make this when I'm a daddy? I died. Be still my heart. Oh my Be goodness. Still my heart. Is that not like the biggest chef's kiss yes. I've ever heard? Best I mean, meant ever. Oh, oh my gosh. Very sweet. Um, I don't know. Pizza is a big part of our life. I grew up eating pizza every Friday night, whether we got it delivery or we made it at home. We always had pizza on Friday nights. And um, after, no offense to California, but after growing up Italian and then moving to New York City, home of like the best slices, um, I even lived in Italy. I studied abroad there. So I'm like pizza spoiled. Right. And then I moved to LA and I couldn't get like good pizza delivery. I yeah. know there's great pizza out there, but just happened to be where we were. We weren't getting – so we got really serious about pizza making when we were living out there. Um, and my dad's hobby is pizza, like pizza making, reading about pizza, eating pizza, talking about pizza. That's a good hobby. I love it. It is a pizza one. oven. So pizza is a big part of our life. That's a really fun one for the kids to get involved yeah. in. And like you were saying, your kids won't eat certain vegetables and different things. If you're making your own pizza, you can make it in quadrants. So I like to do mine a certain type of way, like a little less cheese. I like fresh tomatoes. They won't go for that. So Grace only likes sauce on hers. Benjamin likes the pepperoni. My husband likes the sausage and peppers. So I'll make them all types of ways and just do them in little quadrants. Um, I I actually have a lot of recipes in here that you can mix and match. Um, For example, the big ass sheet pan quesadilla is a great pack. Okay, yes. 
So instead of my kids love the quesadilla, but I, you know, my frying pans are just these little pans. And so I'd be standing over the stove, like flipping one at a time. And, oh, he (laughs) wants cheese in his and she wants peppers. I can't have anything yellow in mine. Okay. And I'm like, like a short order cook. So I decided this is ridiculous. This is a waste of my time. So I started making my quesadillas on a giant sheet pan. And I put down, I cover the bottom of the sheet pan with the quesadillas. And then again, I use the quadrant idea. So for my quadrant, I toss in all these sauteed veggies and cheese and stuff. And then for the kids, I keep it simple. And then you cut it with a big... with a big pizza cutter. Pizza cutter. Okay. And everybody gets what they like. That, I'm going to do that. That yeah. is so smart. And like you said, whether it's a pizza or the quesadilla, like they can each get their own ingredients that they really like. Yeah. And like it's it's more fun to make a quesadilla on something like a sheet pan versus, like you said, individually like, you know, frying it up or if you're like me, sometimes microwaving it because it takes 30 seconds to melt the cheese. I'm embarrassed to say right. that. But I haven't no. done that before in a pinch. Get, it, get her done. You know, whatever it takes. And then they can get involved and do it because yeah. as you mentioned, not only will kids, in my experience eat more when they're more invested, like you said, in picking out the ingredients, making the food, et cetera. But it's also very therapeutic to cook, you know, yeah. and it's it, for, for everyone, for the kids and the parents, it's very therapeutic to be in the kitchen. And it's also a great bonding experience and, um, you know, to strengthen that attachment between a parent and a child when they're cooking in the kitchen. It's one of the yeah. best activities to teach co-regulation, taking turns, you pour this in, I'll pour this in. Like there's so many benefits of being in the kitchen with your kids. So and I, I love you, that, that you have that. that- bond that you're talking about runs deep because I cooked primarily with my grandma and she is all over the pages of this book. Like I could cry just even talking about it. I think that's why I am so happy in the kitchen is I'm I'm a smell-oriented person, smell and taste. So I can put garlic on the stove and it takes me back to like my paternal grandparents' house. I can make this goulash and I can feel my grandma's little kitchen and hear her transistor radio and picture sitting up on her, you know, kitchen table and her her making a pie and us chit-chatting and laughing. And so it's the only thing I've got. You know, it's like the it's the closest thing I have to the past. And um, I think we can we can give that to our kids too. Hopefully, moving forward, if yes. we can um, enjoy being in the kitchen again and and enjoy sitting around the the table and back to what we said in the beginning, like how you know I want to have an open line of communication with my my kids, and then when they get older, their friends and things. And I think the best way to do that is have good food around. Yes. <laughs> Yes, the best conversations happen have in the a and around the dining room table. Yes, have a place where you can sit and have a conversation and, you know, and just be together. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So share um, where we can find the book. I believe it comes out May 2nd. Is that correct? So I if, yeah, you can pre-order it now. Yes, you'll get it May 4th. I think May 4th is the official pub date. Um, so just Google <laughs> O. Yes. What's for dinner? Or you could just say, you could Google Maria Sansone cookbook. Um, It's available wherever you find books right now. So Amazon, Target.com, BarnesandNoble.com, Walmart.com, Familius.com, which is my publisher. Um, If you have any questions, you can look at my website. I'm MariaSansone.com. 
And I'm always on Instagram. <laughs> at yeah, day and night. It's like Vegas. It's like always open. You're always going to find someone's new post. That's right, baby. Like I'm always, always, always open. Um, but what happens at mariasansone.com doesn't stay at mariasansone.com. <laughs> um, what I've been doing is every week I've been trying to cook something from the book like we did in the old days. Um, so a lot of the stuff my viewers are remembering from when we cooked live way back. And now we're doing it again as the official cookbook. Um, so I've tweaked and I've polished and made it just perfect. I love it. Well, I'm in, I'm excited. I know you sent me a digital copy. I've already, you know, ciphered through it and I've already gotten uh, the quesadilla is next on my list, but I'm definitely going to try your chili and then reinventing it through the week. So, so brilliant. Um, so excited. So yeah, anyone who's listening, please go follow Maria on Instagram, check out her website, order her book. If you want no-fuss dinners that kids will actually eat, get them involved in the kitchen and um, have a good time cooking. Thank you, Maria, so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This was fun. Thank you for joining me today. I cannot wait for you to listen to more episodes. If you are a new listener, I recommend starting at my best of year one episode first. Then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And when you love an episode, please leave a review. And if you want to stay connected between episodes, please visit me on social media at The Parentologist and on my blog at theparentologist.com. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com.